Welcome to season two of the Let's Talk podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to be a person of faith in a culture against faith. So let's talk about how we should feel about resolutions now. We've been having this conversation for a while now. We are well into February. and Yeah, seven, eight weeks, something like that. Most of you that had New Year's resolutions have already probably given up on them. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> just, You're just going to go out and the shots fired right out of the gate, huh? I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't... Statistically, they probably most have failed by this point. Yeah, you've probably given up on it already. We're well into February, and hopefully you didn't. But we're well into February. At this point, most people have probably given up on it. Um, so what does that mean? What does that look like in this conversation of how we should feel about resolutions? Well, I think first we need to have a, especially after we've done all of this and like rooted things and why you want to make these certain resolutions, how to go about doing them in a more holistic, healthy way. I mean, we've had all these conversations. But I think the first thing is just starting with the concept of a resolution in general. Mm -hmm. um, is it healthy to look back over a year and define your year based on the resolution, the problem of which you've noticed from that year, and you're going to fix it in the new year? Mm -hmm. Is that a healthy way of doing reflection? I mean, I think that anytime you take a look at your life and evaluate your problems and try to do something to fix it is a good thing. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. But what I do think is I do think that in the way in which these show up, some of them, I think the most popular ones, they're rooted and connected to our identity. Oh, absolutely. Why do I need to diet? Why do I need to lose weight? Why do I need to exercise? Why, Why do I need, I need to make to... more money? Yeah, all because those are connected to who I am and I don't really love who I am. Right. Um, so you think that's like conversation number one is like, why, why does it need to be a resolution? Like, what? why are you looking at yourself as a problem that needs resolution? Right. Um. I'm not sure that's the healthiest way to be thinking about sure. these, just in general. Um, I think that idea is rooted in shame, mm -hmm. um, which I'm like, nope, 100%, 1,000%, always will be against shame and people feeling shame. Yeah. Um, feeling shame is a natural thing that happens. Correct. Um, it's inevitable. You will. You will feel shame, but it's how you react to that feeling of shame that matters. If you're trying to change who you are as a person because you feel this shame, like I look in the mirror and I'm not comfortable with my body, so I diet and exercise, Right. That's a feeling of shame, and you're probably reacting to it not in the best way. Um, does that make sense? Am I communicating that? You fair? are. You're communicating it fair, but I think you're having a conversation I'm not having. Okay. Um, 
not that your conversation is not valid. Um, the conversation I'm having is theologically what is shame. Mm. Um, and shame, the first time the word ever pops up is the last verse of Genesis chapter two. Um, and it's actually the adverse. It's, and the woman and man were naked and unashamed. Right. And then as the story progresses, the first time you get the actual word shame um, is right after they sin, they were naked and ashamed. Mm-hmm. Um, shame is this thing that's connected to sin that says, I am a bad thing. Right. I am not good. I am not worthy. I am bad. Right. Uh, I don't think anyone should ever feel that way. Yeah. You will feel that way. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone should feel that way. Hence, the last verse of Genesis 2, when everything is still right with the world, mm-hmm. they are unashamed. They feel no shame. Right. Shame is a product of sin. Therefore, as a person who believes in the absolute restoration of God, I do not believe that you should ever feel shame. Mm-hmm. I believe that we live in a broken world, and you will, but you should not. Um so that's what I mean by it. Like mm. you're inevitably going to, but God never intended you to feel shame. Right. And so anytime you come up with a resolution that's going to be rooted in your own shame, mm. I'm going to push back and go, hey, right. let's maybe not jump to resolutions. Mm. Let's jump to how do we love ourselves better? Well, and that was the conversation that I was diving into of how you're reacting to that shame. Yeah. Um, because sometimes you can do that in a very unhealthy way. Um, which creates larger problems in the long run. And the conversation of dieting and exercising, you can overdo it and eventually end up hurting your body worse than it was before. Yeah, I um, agree with that. I agree with that. So. Or in the conversation of money, you can have a develop a money and work addiction. Like, oh, yeah. Um, Right, like, I think I got it. I think I, I think I have that T-shirt. I think I wear it. That, I did not three times as, a week. I yeah. didn't mean that as a shot to you. I was no, just like, that was I, just yeah. what came to mind. But, no, it totally. Like, um, I totally like. Once again, yeah, we live in a broken world. You were never intended to feel shame, but you will. Yeah, like it's just part of it. So, I think that's the part about like the identity piece that I think is worth having a conversation about. The other piece that I think is worth having a conversation about is the way in which we go about resolutions. Mm -hmm. And this is just, I think, a problem with our society. That we want everything to happen, like, now. When I want it to happen, I want it to happen. Mm. Why why do I own all those Blu-ray, DVD, like, discs over there and a Blu-ray player, and I hadn't watched one of those, and I've watched... Something on there twice since I moved in and I've lived here eight months, nine months. Yeah, because you have streaming capabilities. Because I want it on, like I want it right now. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't want to get up off the couch to put the DVD in. Yeah. Yeah. Why is our culture given over to like fast food and DoorDash and microwave? Donaldization is actually the sociological term for that. What is it? McDonaldization. That, that's not. I s- swear. Somebody. McDonald's has changed the game so much that we've made a category of it, it like encompasses constructs. Yeah, it encompasses lots of things, but the it's like one the of the want it now mentality. Yeah, is McDonald McDonaldization? 
I'm not going to call it that. I just, I refuse. <laughs> that may be the real word for it, but I refuse to call it that. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, Ronald. Uh, Ronald McDonald. Oh my gosh. Okay. So with that, like, let's think about this idea of like resolving problems. Um, rarely can you ever solve a problem right this instant? Mm -hmm. Um, it takes work, takes time. It takes development. It takes progress. It takes a journey to resolve something. Mm -hmm. Um, if I am hungry, now I've got a lot of ways in which I can solve that problem. Mm -hmm. I can go cook myself some food. I can eat a snack, which mm -hmm. I can get very quickly, but it won't be as filling. I can go to my leftovers, which won't taste as good as fresh food, but I can get it much faster because I can warm it up in the microwave. Or I can get in my truck and go drive somewhere to eat. Or you can DoorDash. Or I can DoorDash. Or, or have food or delivered whatever. in some way. So there's a variety of different ways that I can solve that problem. But none of them are immediate. instantaneous. The only way it would be instantaneous is if I happen to be sitting on the couch and I was like, oh, I'm hungry. And there was already a bowl of nuts like sitting on the table. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, none of those things are instantaneous. Well, even then it's not instantaneous because you still have to take and eat. And it still has well, to settle. Yeah, right? but and I so mean, like, it, yeah. But there's no way to solve that problem instantaneously. Correct. And so why would we think that jumping into resolutions, we can solve them instantaneously? Yeah. That's dumb. Um, you can't go from never working out to jumping straight in and thinking you're going to work out five days a week. You know, something I've been thinking about a lot is like my relationship towards other things. Um, and what do you, what do you mean? Give me an example of like what relationship you have with so, other things. So like my relationship to caffeine. Okay. Like I noticed that I can have a very unhealthy relationship to caffeine. Oh, okay. Because like it's a, it becomes a very, this is a thing that I need type deal. And like, that's just an example. Yeah. But all of these resolutions that we've talked about are rooted in your relationship to yourself and also your relationship to this other thing. Correct. Whether it's to money, to diet, to exercise, books, what have you, books, whatever. traveling, it is your relationship to this thing. Yep. And if you think about these as a relationship, it takes work mm -hmm. to build that relationship, Yep. to build this healthy understanding of why I am doing this mm -hmm. and have that healthy thing in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Well, and it takes time and progress. And also, let's remember, all of this started from an identity place. Mm -hmm. I am not happy with, with the who, person I am. Your relationship so, to yourself. Yeah. So I'm going to resolve a problem that I think is the primary issue and why I don't love myself mm -hmm. or why I feel like I'm a project that I need to make better. And so then I'm going to set a resolution which I want to instantaneously solve my problem, which mm -hmm. is an identity problem in me. But the fact that I jumped into it in this way, I didn't treat it as a relationship. I didn't treat it as this living organism that I have to cherish and nurture and, and develop and care for. It's like, it's a, it's like a 
genie in a bottle thing. I'm just going to wave it and it's going to happen. Um, and so you jump out there and you go for it and then you fail. Right. And then you just feel worse about yourself. Yeah. And it's a perpetual cycle, and I think this is why we never progress. This is why we never get forward. This is why we never actually solve these things because we're treating symptoms rather than causes. That's right. And so if we start from, hey, so I feel about myself. I need to work on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, not in a way of like I need to fix myself, work on myself. No, but no, no. like I need to work on loving myself and being appreciative of who I am in my body, the body that's protected me from mm-hmm. large amounts of trauma and all the things that I've done. It's done the best job it could with mm-hmm. what I've given it. Yeah. And I haven't been dealt the best hand. Yeah. So I haven't given my body the best hand. Right. But it's cared for me the best way it knew how. Mm-hmm. I think I think the first step in having like healthy resolutions is first of all coming to a place where you can unapologetically be yourself. Yep. And just as a very flat line statement, you need to be comfortable in your own skin and happy with who you are. Correct. Um, because once when you're carrying all that shame and you're taking that into your relationship with these other things, you can talk about it like you could with alcohol. If you're carrying this shame and you take it into a relationship with alcohol like this, you could very quickly develop an unhealthy relationship with alcohol, just like you could with all these other things. Mm -hmm. For sure. And it becomes a masking kind of distraction type deal where you're not actually dealing with your shame and your trauma. Agreed. And so, um, if you begin to think about these things as you caring for your person, your whole self... And realizing that all of this is a risk-reward analysis very quickly in your head, um, what you will notice is that it is a significantly higher risk for you to say that week one of January, I'm going to be in the gym five days a week, as much as it is to say, hey, week one of January, I'm going to work out, and by the last week of December of the year, I'm going to be at a place where I'm regularly at the gym five days a week. Yep. Because now you have room for error. You have room to grow into. You have room to be able to say, Hey, maybe I bit off more than I can chew. And my body's not prepared to allow me to be in the gym five days a week because it's protecting me and it needs to grow into this new journey I'm trying to take. And so, I need to start with two days a week and I'll do that for January and February. And then I'll move to three days in March and then I'll do that till the summer. And in the summer I'll move to four and then, Oh wait, now I'm at four, six months in. I feel great. I look great, but I've realized that I don't need five days a week mm-hmm. in order to accomplish the things I want. So I'm going to scale it back. I'm good with four. If you give yourself that fluidity, that relationship that you're working on and cultivating, what you realize is you may have set ambitions for yourself that you didn't actually need. Yeah. You did it because you thought, oh, well, this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but you didn't actually know what your body or your person or your identity or yourself or any of these things, you didn't, you didn't listen to yourself, and so you didn't actually know what you needed. Really what what the conversation we're having is, is about not working on short-term goals to reach the long-term goal. You're trying to jump immediately to the end of the long-term goal. 
You know, like you have your long-term goal and you're supposed to set little short-term goals along the way to help you reach this long-term goal. Mm -hmm. In lots of these conversations where things go wrong is people skipping all these short-terms and just jumping straight into the long-term and trying to find the end goal of the long-term immediately, right? That's the conversation we're having when you really should be setting little milestones for yourself. Cool. We're here. Can I improve this? Do I want to improve this? Or is this sufficient? Yeah. You know, and and having that constant reevaluation of these goals. Yeah, that that's the deal. I yeah, I'm not necessarily sure that everyone that jumps into them is trying to achieve long term versus short term. But what I think they're doing is before jumping into it, they're setting a goal that they have no idea if it's actually the goal they want. Right. It's one that they've created and said, now I've got to just do discipline in order to get it. Yeah. But what they didn't do is, and I think we talked about this on my episode with Abby Womack, but a lot of people are using this language of like, I'm not setting resolutions, I'm setting intentions. And I actually like that because I can intend to do something mm-hmm. and I can I can wake up and say, I, hey, today I intend to read a book. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read for a little bit today. What I didn't say was when I had to read it. Right. Um, and so I think intentions give you that kind of fluidity of that relationship that can say, hey, it's okay for this to grow. It's okay for this to evolve. Uh, it's so because if you say, here's my resolution, mm-hmm. now it's like set in stone. It's like right. this thing that really can't change. I've got to do it. And either I did it and I succeeded mm-hmm. or I didn't do it and I failed. Right. Whereas an intention in this level of like fluidity where I have a relationship with this thing, it's like, hey, uh, I'm going to exercise more this year. Right. I'm going to spend more time in the gym. And then you can put, like you said, a short-term goal. I'm going to spend at least one day in the gym every every week of this year. Right. Okay, great. And then when you do that for a season, you're like, oh, hey, I need, I'm ready for another day. Yeah. You can grow into this. You have this kind of relationship. Instead of jumping out there and go, I got to work out for two hours, right. four days a week, and I need to be jacked just meathead style it's like well actually is that really what you want because i know a lot of guys that set out to become meatheads and then they start exercising and they go well actually i like the way my body looks like this and i don't know that i want to get any bigger yeah so in social work we we do this thing with our clients where so the your first couple sessions with your client what whatever that whatever it is whatever kind of role you're taking here is you assess, you figure out where they are, and then you set goals together. Okay. Um, and then you implement the plan of how they're going to reach these goals, and then you evaluate how it's going. Assessment and evaluation are constantly going on all the time. Yeah. You're constantly assessing your client, where they're at with them, how is it going to reach these goals, and then evaluating do we need to change these goals? Do we need to change how we get to these goals? You should be treating yourself in the same way. You should be assessing your current situation and then setting your goals and then implement or setting your goals, planning your goals and then implementing them and then constantly evaluating, evaluating how it's going and assessing who you are as a person to decide whether or not you keep going.
Thanks for listening to the Let's Talk podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.